With us today is uh, Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, and he's with us every Sunday to give us a little bit of mystery, a little bit of expanding our minds to what's up in the sky. Dr. Cates, uh, or Steve, what's going on this week? Well, good morning, John. Happy Sunday to you and the listeners. I want to start off, if we can, by talking about an event that I hope many of the listeners of this particular show, the Cats Roundtable, will take advantage of. What's that? We're now at the peak of the Perseid meteor shower. It actually peaked earlier this morning on Sunday, but don't let that fool you. Observers with clear skies, John, tonight and for the next few nights, if you look into the northeast sky, after midnight to sunrise, they get to see some of this, as we like to call it, cometary dust, a meteor shower from a famous comet called Comet Swift-Tuttle. John, I can't think of a more fascinating thing to involve not only friends and family, but even individuals, just to see the beauty of nature, these uh, beautiful meteors that come through the sky, you may get to see in dark skies upwards of 50 an hour. So don't miss it. It's really an exciting way to start and off. Is, our is it good across the United States? All over the world, John. And actually, that's a great question. You can see this wherever this particular radio show is booming loud and clear all across the nation. And I'm sure, what, John, even out into the cosmos. Seriously, this is an event that if you have dark skies, that time frame from midnight to sunrise, northeast, it comes from a constellation called Perseus, thus the namesake of the shower. But I've watched it, John, like maybe many, for 40 years. And I can tell you, it's this year is great because you know why? There's no moon out. So hopefully, dark skies will give you the best view as we want. Open up people's minds on things that they probably didn't know about. Well, wow. That, uh, I look forward to uh, going down the stairs tonight and and looking out into the sky, and I look forward to it. I hope we don't have any too many clouds. Uh, what I else is going on? Clear sky. Well, John, we talk about SpaceX and their Starship. Uh, this is obviously the most powerful rocket in the world. They just tested their booster rocket called this particular B-9 Booster 9, and they fired up for about three seconds their 33 Raptor engines. This is sitting on the new and improved test stand. And they shut it down because four of those Raptor engines failed to ignite properly. So Elon and his team have to go back and do another iteration of the Raptor engines. And these are engines, John, that are, you know, primarily, you know, fueled by liquid oxygen and liquid methane. Great technology. How many engines on that spaceship? There's 33 Raptor motors or engines on the bottom of that massive booster. And I mean, I, I, I think it sounds to me... If I was yep. trying to get a 33 out of 33 to work, my God, I mean, uh, what's the chances? I mean, the chances of one failing is, is big. Absolutely. And they had a problem on their April 20th launch when they obviously saw the rocket go up. Some of those rockets didn't fire properly or stay lit. And not to get overly technical, but some of those rocket motors, John, have to do what they call gimbling. In other words, if you look at the rocket motor and you see the cone, some of them stay stationary, but some of them have a pitch angle on them. And all this has to work. So they're uh, going to do some more research. They're doing iteration three, meaning Raptor engine number three, and hopefully that gets them off the ground. But they also had something else interesting. Their new and improved water deluge system, I should say new and improved, they never had it before. Last time, the rocket motors blew up most of the launch stand. Now they're flooding it with water, and what do you get? You get less pressure, but you get a lot of steam. 
But there's also some other space news that we want to report. Yes, Virgin Galactic, John, flies its first tourist to the edge of space. So they had a successful launch this past uh, week. And this is interesting because they've waited so long. And one of the gentlemen on there bought his ticket a long, long time ago. He's actually an ex-Olympian. And he bought a ticket, what, 18 years ago to get uh, his opportunity to go to space. So we congratulate, you know, Virgin Galactic on doing that. So much interesting stuff there. But when we talk, John, about the mystery of the week, here's something really important that everybody should pay attention to. How do solar flares really affect the Earth? And over the last few days, we've had another large X flare. They rate them in this particular case, one through seven or so. This is like a 1.5. But over this solar cycle, this is the 20th X-ray flare that we've had so far. So what happens? These flares blast off the surface of the sun. Eight minutes is how light travels from the sun to the Earth. But think about what they do. This is quite interesting. Let's go back to the great solar storm of March 1940. Well, what happened then? A giant solar storm hit the Earth, and this is incredible. Throughout all of North America, particularly New England, the New York area, and over by Chicago, the electric lines were induced with over 800 volts of electricity. So here we are on 77 Talk Radio WABC, and in those days, John, the actual broadcasters, like people are hearing us right now, their voices were garbled. The radio stations simply flipped around and went off the air because these solar storms affect the upper ionosphere and where radio transmission, of course, you know, has to happen in a nearly perfect way. So we just have to let people know that we're in the throes of cycle 25, and that indeed could induce much more of these very powerful solar flares and solar storms. Wow. Uh, what else? On any update, well, I understand the Mars helicopter uh, spotted one of the rovers. Yes, John, you're absolutely right. It's 54th flight. And this little ingenuity, it's the little, little drone that keeps on, you know, chugging along. It actually got up to about 16 feet above the surface of Mars. And in the background, people should check this out. You know, just Google it or check your favorite space websites. You obviously see a picture of Perseverance sitting there with a small shadow. So this is an amazing little device, this little rover and the helicopter on Mars. And what's even more interesting about this, it actually came back to life, that is the Ingenuity little helicopter, after a period of time when because of the mountainous terrain that Perseverance is in right now, it had communication difficulties. So the scientists really deserve, well, they deserve a special prize in my mind, I think you would agree, to be able to communicate with a little spacecraft now. Mars is about 200 plus million miles away from the Earth, and it takes them 20 minutes or so for the light signal to get from Earth to Mars. So that's a complicated thing. And I don't know about you, but people that I know that have drones, right, John? Some of them don't even, can't even fly them in their own backyard properly. Try that from here to the planet Mars. That's bizarre. Yeah, you have to know when to zig and when to zag. And, and if it's 20-minute delay, <laughs> right. uh, I believe it's going to be very hard to zig and zag at the right period of time. Anything <laughs> else you want to tell us uh, before... Uh, uh, well, we, we go off uh, into the uh, into the sky on uh, on this Sunday morning. Well, John, again, thanks for having me. We talk about the live sky, as I mentioned, the meteor shower tonight and the next few nights. Northeast sky after midnight till dawn. Hopefully, people get to see it. The planet Mercury is visible in the northwest sky as you look. Maybe a pair of binoculars might help, but it's visible to the naked eye. The innermost planet. 
And in time, we get the planet Saturn returning to our skies at the end of August. This is a fascinating object to see. You need a telescope to see it, but you can see it rise with the naked eye. What do we tell John? Always remind people to always remember to keep their eyes to the skies. Check out our Dr. Sky experience proudly here on WABCradio.com as we fill you in on all these mysteries of the universe to keep our minds open and certainly to get away from some of the heat, not only in the world of politics, but also in the world of temperature to enjoy the summer. And I hope everybody has that opportunity. Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, thank you so much for, for, for expanding our minds. And God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. And have a good morning to you, John. Thank you. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.